Well, for those of you walking in a little bit later, we want to welcome you. Welcome our visitors. We welcome you. We hope you feel welcomed here. Uh, we love you already. First uh, John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. If you're into a big Bible memorization person, that's a, fir- a verse I'd like you to start off with and always keep that in your heart. We'll be looking at the unchanging nature of God and we can spend uh, the rest of our lives studying the nature of God and who God really is. But I want to tell you this morning, first and foremost, he wants to know you through a personal relationship that is found in Christ. You may not be a Christian and you may be fighting it and you still have a lot of questions about Christianity and, and faith and church and religion. But be open, be, be open. continue being open. For those of you who may be uh, even agnostic in here or, or unsure or simply just deny the fact of the uh, existence of God, I want to ask you, have you read the Bible just yet? I encourage you, read the whole Bible. Christian, I encourage you, read your whole Bible. Read it through. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. We live in, we live in a society where you right now through media, through podcasts, depending on what you listen through, through TikTok, some people shouldn't have a TikTok, right? It has given people an escape. Through what you're looking, to, looking onto TV and listening to, we, you have a lot of garbage, don't you? A lot of garbage just coming your way. A lot of ideologies, ideologies you thought they would never come to surface. A lot of things that are false, people are wanting to say they're truth. They're trying to stand on some foundation that is based in delusion. We see evil trying to prevail And much is being confused in our society. So now you have to make the decision what you believe and why you believe it. Because one day when you do graduate as a Christian, your employment may depend on it. You may have to stand upon your Christian faith and say, you know what, I won't go with this. I don't agree with this. It may cost you something. And it absolutely will. But we need Christians today who stand up to the whole truth of God's word. Raise your hand if you're tired in here this morning. Anyone tired? Tired? Weary? What about, uh, raise your hand if you're sad in here. All right, you're, you're honest. Raise your hand if you're kind of angry. Anyone mad in here this morning? It's okay. At least you're honest. Raise your hand if you just don't know how you feel. Yeah, right? You see something. Our feelings and our emotions, they change. We fluctuate. We can be happy Right now, but as soon as you get a text message, you're mad at somebody, and this afternoon you're going to get an argument with somebody, and you're mad at your girlfriend, you're mad at your boyfriend, you're just mad. We're wavy, aren't we? But God is never changing. He does not change. Before I move on, my wife is not here, and she probably will never listen to it, but I remembered it is our five-year anniversary. I I made it five years. My friend told me, if you make it five years, praise the Lord. I've been, I've been blessed, yes. Uh, trust me, I am a person who, phew, I'm very hard to love. I'm very, very stubborn, and my wife is uh, everything I need in my life to keep me stable, and she has blessed me with uh, Brielle, who is the exact image of me, and I think it's so cute. Um, she's blessed me with uh, Aria, who, if you know by now, she's who I call my ham, so she's my, my ham, and, and I'm blessed, and I'm blessed, and God is so good. But let's transition to our photo here. What is that? You can speak to me. What is that? 
Pinky promise. Okay, do you still do pinky promises? Yeah? Yeah? Raise your hand if you, you've done one before. Yeah, okay. That's like a pinky promise is like an oath. All right? If you pinky promise somebody, you better keep that promise, right? It's like when you pinky promise, you may, you may spit in your hand. I don't know what you do. But you, when you pinky promise, I am going to keep this for the rest of my life. And some of you made some promises back when you were kids. You, you forgot about them, right? And now you're remembering of those silly promises you made. And I thought this was a cute picture because the baby's hand is, is chubby. So that's why I put this picture up that reminded me of my little girl, her chubby hand. Although one day she won't be chubby. She'll start walking a little bit faster. But promises, when I say promises, some of you are kind of hurt by promises because mom and dad promised you something. Brielle, she's going to be three, but now she's actually talking and actually understand her. She's not gibberish no more. And she always says, uh, Daddy, can I have a galleta or cookie or pastel o algo así porque tiene hambre? She's always hungry. I say, mañana, Brielle, mañana. Okay, mañana. So that means I always tell her tomorrow. I don't promise her, but I say tomorrow, I, although I do get her donuts on the weekend, so she's definitely spoiled on that. But promises can be wishy-washy. Mom and dad may have promised you something long ago. They still haven't kept it. So when I say promise, it changes because we change, and that's our human nature. We go back and forth. You're happy and you're sad and you don't know. But in the book of Hebrews, which I'll be reading, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, we see that God has, is the anchor of our soul. We see his unchanging nature. If you'll read with me, in Hebrews chapter 6, I'll begin in verse 17. So when God desired to show us more convincingly to the heirs of the purpose, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed that with an oath. So by, the, so by two unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of our soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. The anchor of our soul, that is Jesus Christ. God does not change. He does not change. I'll be going through four points this morning, but point number one is, is we have pressure on our lives, don't you? Pressure to know what you're supposed to do before you get to college and pressure to know your degree and what you're supposed to do with it. When mom and dad ask, what are you going to do with that degree, right? Are you still, you're still pressured into thinking at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 that you're supposed to have it all together, right? Let me tell you a quick secret. You ain't got to have it all together. You just, have, you just need to have an idea of where you're going. You don't have to have it all together. So don't put that pressure on yourself. By the time I'm 22, I must be engaged. I must be married. I must know where I'm going to work at. It must be a good paying job. No. Why? Why put that pressure on you when if you trust in God and you continue placing your faith in him and walk with him daily, he'll show you. He'll give you those desires if you're faithful to him. He's faithful. Why put that pressure on you? There's pressure, there's negative pressure within our lives, our friends. We all have friends that anytime you get with them, it's all negative conversation, right? It's always some type of new drama, new gossip. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Or even talking bad of someone they thought they were friends with. And have you ever said, you know what, I don't need to hear that right now. No, no thank you. 
Uh, don't bring that up with me. I, I'm not about that. Uh, we don't need to speak. You know, we don't need to be bringing this up about a person. But pressure, pressure on the cultural expectations of us. Pressure to compromise our biblical truths. The church is under attack today, and we need leadership to stand on the word of God. We don't need flimsy, wish-washy Christians who don't know their word. We need Christians who are anchored in this word, who will stand up to this word no matter the cost. No matter what it will cost them, say something, stand up and defend this truth. Not just say, well, I'm not sure about that, or this is not me, or I'm not a theology major, or I don't know anything. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have a dunamis, a power within you. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say in that moment. He will. Pressure. Pressures of labels that people are trying to place on you. We're a smaller college, and... People continue holding on to the freshman version of you. And you're a sophomore. You're not that person anymore. Praise God. People continue remembering you as who you were before Christ. And they hold on and they, and they linger on that. And they won't let that go and they won't let you grow. People always talk about you. That's one thing in life. People will always have something to say. And we're not made to please people. Are we? If you live your life trying to please people, you'll burn yourself out. You're already trying to please yourself, trying to validate yourself, trying to put your stamp on this world saying, you know what, I'm here at Sterling College and I'm going to make an impact for the world and I believe you will. But you're burning yourself out, going way too fast, and I'm simply saying, slow down. Who runs track or cross country in here? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, back in the day, I I was, I was, you know, I ran a little bit. You know, now if you see me running, you better run away because that means someone's after me. So I'm trying to get back into it. But it's like a marathon. You hit mile 18, mile 19, you hit the wall. And Christianity is like that. You take it day by day, baby step. You don't have to read 20 chapters of the word. You don't. Why do you put that pressure on yourself? It's abiding in Christ. It's being with him. It's walking with him daily. It's in prayer with Christ. If it looks like one scripture a day, that's fine. If that's all you can do, sometimes it looks like all you can do. If it's 10 minutes, it's better than nothing. But stop putting the pressure on yourself because the God of the universe does not change. He doesn't change his mind about you. Once you are his child or daughter, you're his. You're secure despite how you feel. Labels, expectations, don't compromise. Don't compromise your truth while you're here, but stand upon his word. Not only do we have the pressures, because pressures of our life does not dictate God's character. It doesn't change who he is. But our perspective, our perspective, if you're an angry person, if you're an envious person, if you're a jealous person, you'll always see that through the lens of the eyes. Well, so-and-so has this, and I don't have that. Or look at how she's dressing, or look how he's dressing. And let them be right. They chose that. You're always putting the blame game on the others. I like to call it the me mentality. It's about me. It's about my degree. It's about my leadership on the team. It's about my Bible study. It's about who I am on campus. 
And the reality is it's that we should decrease and that we should make the name of Christ increase. It's a me mentality in this culture that has created entitlement. That has created an entitlement that says, I deserve this. If I have a four-year degree, that I deserve this wage, right? I deserve this. I'm not saying you don't. But there's an entitlement that's seeping in and trying to creep into Christianity where we make it about us and not about God. We make it about me and not about serving Christ. We make it about elevating us in our name, in our image, in our social media instead of Christ. Me. Mentality. We have not taken responsibility of what we've done. We play the blame game. The blame game, well, I'm not doing well in my classes, so I'm going to blame so-and-so. My friend got an argument. Uh, my relationship's not going well, so I'm going to blame so-and-so. I, I just don't feel well. You ever met that person that just blames? They have never took, taken ownership of their responsibility, what they can control. I can control my thoughts, what I'm thinking right now, and what I'm about to say a reaction. It's tough. I understand. And it's tough when people slander your name. It's tough when you're going through a hard time. The perspective we see, the Bible says, out of the heart springs the wellspring of life. It's what comes into our heart, what we allow in our ears and our eyes to see that will infiltrate. We need to have a biblical perspective. A biblical perspective says, yes, I understand that my situation isn't the best. I understand that it isn't going well for me. I understand that my GPA and my classes aren't doing as good as I wished. I understand that I don't have as much playing time as I wish I would have. And my friends have disconnected and my friends are going to form this clique here. And I'm kind of out by myself and I don't know what to do. I live off campus now and I don't meet as many people so I'm kind of alone. But I have my team but I'm still good. I'm new here and I'm still trying to find who I am. And it's hard because I don't talk to a lot of people. I just go to my classes. The perspective you do. So if all it takes for you is to get out of your bed and go to class and do it and eat, do that. Do those small steps. It's the perspective in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy or excellent, Think about such things. What you have heard and seen and received in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with us. It is how we see things. We always know someone else has it worse than we do. Who, all, who has a phone? Everyone have a phone in here, right? Who has an iPhone, right? Who likes Starbucks or scooters, right? So who has paid five bucks for coffee? Yeah, right. Would... Can I, say, can, can I say right now that we're privileged? That's privilege. If you've done any traveling, you're privileged. It is that worldly, that worldly ideology that says you're not. That's what I'm combating this morning. The me mentality, the victimhood mentality that has not taken ownership. I'm blaming my problems for so-and-so's past. What would have Jesus done? We are to have an eternal perspective, a kingdom work of what we're doing here, of spiritual laborers to be sent out into this campus and within our community. It is the perspective. And I understand sometimes we wake up in a bad mood and you don't, you know, until you have Jesus time and coffee, 
no one's going to talk to you. Some say, don't talk to me until it's 10 a.m., right? Or some of you, 2 p.m. But not only we see the pressures of the world and the perspectives, those things change every single moment, but it does not change who God is. We see the presence of God. It's unchanging. God is with us. He is here. He is here with you in your darkest moments. He is there with you on the mountaintop. He is there when no one knows it. He is there when you're deep down in your thoughts of disparity and brokenness and weariness. He is there. He is there when you're excited, when you're happy, when life is going good. He's there. Don't forget, he's not left you. Your emotions, and you may feel distant, and you may think, well, I'm not no good, and what I've done in the past is too far gone. Your emotions don't dictate the nature of God. He is still God. He is still on the throne, and he still reigns forever. He's still with you. David says, where can I flee from you? He says, wherever I go, you are still there. You, For some of you, you just need to know God is still with you. I don't know what's going back at home, but you do. God is still with us. He's still with your parents and those who you love, and he's still with you. I hope you believe that. He is with us. He says in Matthew that I will be with you into the end of the ages. That's a promise. He's with me. He's with me when I'm angry at God. He's with me when I'm upset with God. He's with me when I just want to quit. He's with me when I don't read my Bible for days. He's still with me when I don't pray and I forget to pray. He's still with you. You don't have to have it all together. I hope you don't act like it. We're broken people, and that's where God molds us. It's an image of his son. And lastly, his promises. Promises. God never breaks his promises. It is in the nature that God is love in 1 John 4, 8. And we know this because God is love. Promises of God aren't broken. You see, God promised Abraham that he would make his descendants as numerous as the stars. He promised Israel that he would be their God and that they would, they would be his people. He promised them that his love would never fail. He promised them that, that he would be faithful in every way. Despite their rebellion, God still upheld the covenant. He promised them. Oh, and he promises us in, in Romans that all things work for good for those who love him. Now, sometimes I can't explain that to you. I can't explain that to your parents. I can't explain that to you in suffering. I can't explain it to you in disparity. But I know because it says the Bible says so. He works it out. I can't see it in five years or 10 years or 20 years or 100 years. I don't see what God sees, but he knows that it's going to work out for his good and his glory and his will and his plan to be prevailing. It's God's work. I must trust that. God promises he'll bring me comfort in my darkness. He'll wrap me with his comfort. His mercies will lavish me. His grace will fill me up. He says he will pick me down. That's his comfort. He promises, he promises me peace when I pray for it. When I ask God, give me a peace that surpasses all understanding. He'll give that peace to you. If you're dealing with anxiety or a mental warfare or you just can't seem to set down, you can't seem to focus and your heart is in an inner war and you have a face that no one can tell, Fight in prayer. Ask for God's peace. He'll give it to you. God promises that he will save those who believe in Christ Jesus. 
He promises salvation for those who will place their faith in Christ alone. He promises that one day he will come back. He will come back because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is coming back to redeem us. He has not left us. Although evil is here, he will come back with his, with his armies. And we know he has won the victory. The victory is ours as Christians. There's promises of God throughout this scripture. Like I said, I don't have an answer sometimes for you, and I'm sorry. But I have to trust because it's God's word. It's my foundation. It's my rock. It's his authority. It's inspired. It's holy. I'm going to trust it because it's God's word, and it's because it's God-inspired and because I know the God who's behind it. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. I'm not going to doubt God when it's in his word. Sometimes I want to, but I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust it when I may lose trust in people. I'm going to trust it when I may lose trust in our leadership. I may, I'm going to trust it when society is going crazy. I'm still going to trust it. I'm still going to trust it in my church with our church decisions I'm going to trust his word. I'm going to trust his word to guide me with my relationships. I'm going to trust God to guide me in my degree plan. I'm going to trust God if God is calling me into ministry. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to trust him in my house, and I want to live it out in my house. God, I'm going to trust you in my marriage. God, I'm going to trust you in my engagement. God, I'm going to trust you in my relationships. I'm going to trust God in all. I'm going to trust you, God, even when I may get injured in my sport. I'm going to trust you. I don't want to, God, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to trust God because God does not change. His character does not change. And that's good for us today. God is love. He is love and he loves us. Why do I know that he loves us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus says, come all who are thirsty. Come all who are weary. Come all who are burdened. He says, come to me. He says, come, I'm the foundation of life. I'm the source of life. He says, come, stop trying to do it. Your pressures of the world will, will just be twisted and the perspectives may go crazy, and we may change, but God says, no, my promises, my presence never change. I'll end with this verse in Romans. Paul says these words, and let me just tell you, I believe God's hold onto us is deeper than our hold to him. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or danger or nakedness or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But he says, no. And all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, 
nor anything else in all of creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is our great high priest. He entered the holy of holies. He died for sin. Through the sinless life of Jesus Christ, carrying the cross, being mocked and spit upon, nailed to the cross of Calvary, for those that would place their faith in him alone, look at the thief on the cross. Will you remember me in paradise? He didn't have any doctor, he didn't have no rich theology or nice doctrine. I believe Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus through that life, death, in the tomb, that burial, and that resurrection. Because of this resurrection, we have life. Because of the resurrection, there is hope. And our hope is because of Christ, who is my stability. He is my security. When my emotions and I change, I'm going to hold on to that anchor for my soul. If you don't know Jesus this morning, the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. We deserve death, a spiritual death. We deserve hell. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's free for those who would take it. You don't have to be good enough or know all it. It's free. Would you accept by faith? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All who call upon me will not be put to shame. God is unchanging. If you've not placed your faith in Christ alone, it's time to say, I trust you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. Let me walk with you today. Although I don't know my future, it's like the old hymn that says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And let me tell you something, because that simple statement, you can hold on and you can live life no matter what may come your way. It's because his life, his death, his resurrection. I take a step today, and we can take steps towards God. We're going to change, but God, the God we serve, does not change because God is love. Let's bow our head and close our eyes, and I'll pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that Jesus is the anchor for my soul. I thank you that my salvation is secure in Christ. Father, there's so much pressure on us, worldly pressures. Father, my perspective sometimes is ugly. I think ill thoughts. I'm not perfect. I'm judgmental at times. Forgive me. Help me change my perspective to honor you and glorify you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you when my emotions lie to me. You are still there sustaining me. You're still there wrapping your, your arms around me. Your comfort is around me. I thank you for the promise that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Father, I pray for the ear in here that has not placed their faith in Christ that they would simply say, I believe in Jesus today. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I give my life to you. I'm done running. It's time. I place my faith in Christ alone. Thank you for saving me. 
in Christ we pray. Amen, amen.